what's your process for, for sending demos out? So some people that say you should send 20, 25 tracks in a folder. Some people say you should only send one or two or three. What, how do you, what, how, how many do you send and, and what, what is in your kind of email when you send into a track? Um, I guess you, I think sending 25 tracks to, to one label is, it's unlikely you've probably sent them. You've not sent them elsewhere. And if you haven't, then you've got a serious backlog of tracks, which is decent, fair play. If you can do that and you think they're all bangers, then go for it. But there's also quite a high chance, even the best producers in the world, not every single record they make is a banger. Um, so unless you're waiting a couple of months or even 25 tracks, some people can't do that in a, in a whole year. So um, it's quite, quite a significant amount of music. Um, I think that's maybe something to just bear in mind I, I i would always spend a bit of time making music get a good chunk of tracks like 25 track would be a great goal but then just sieve through them and pick your favorite tracks out of them and then send them to one label at one time and then go from there and just wait for a response it can be a bull lake to be honest waiting for labels can be so long and and that's where again why my impatience kicked in when i was sort of a, a younger producer where um yeah it would, it would kind of take me i'll just get too um, impatient with waiting pretty much i'll just sort of be really probably an annoying um annoying little kid about it just like emailing oh did you listen did you listen blah 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 um but yeah is i think it would be um best to probably send a handful of like four or five maybe six tracks um at most maybe eight to, to a late one label at a time um and and go from there and just make sure they're your your best work if you're not feeling like 100 percent happy of it, even one of them then just don't send it just just send what you're really happy with and what you're feeling like yeah i'm really proud of this and send it over and, and that's it and also don't take rejection as as a as a this this is bad music just say this is it's not it's just again it's, as i say it's subjective it's um just not right for them uh, that doesn't mean it's bad you can that's what i think i used to do i'd send a mu send music to my favorite labels or whatever not get a response or not I'd just get rejection and be like oh it must be rubbish so then i'll just dump the track and, and and move on which is not a bad way to do it but then i think the music doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily bad it's just not wanted by that specific label or it's not right for their sound but it could be brilliant for another one which should, and it could still do really well um but yeah i think my Usual emails, if they don't, if they've never heard from me before, um, is just a really, really brief introduction um, to myself, um, and then yeah, just the tracks. Just keep it short and sweet. You don't want a big essay because most of the time labels are probably getting hundreds and hundreds of e emails probably a week, let alone a month, and they just sieve through the tracks and just probably they probably half the time. They might not even listen to the whole tracks the whole way through. If they don't, in the first couple of tracks, they don't hear anything they're like um, liking the sound of, they'll probably move on. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I would order your tracks in what you think is the best tune down to the um, last, least best. Um, hopefully, they're all just as good as each other, so it's hard to do. But, yeah, as I say, I think um, kind of just getting a handful of tracks at a time and just picking one label and waiting until that is either accepted or rejected and then move on to the next one. Don't, don't sort of send to a couple um, because you just, you'll end up getting messy and you'll, uh, yeah, it just doesn't work. Basically you, you'll find yourself. It, it, it's either a really, really great problem where they both want it or 
um that one of them does and they find out you've sent it to elsewhere and then they they can sort of you know um uh, bomb uh, cancel the whole release or whatever so yeah just do one label at a time pick maybe a handful of your best music at one point and then just yeah do it one at a time hi guys you're listening to the second part of my chat with danny snowden danny has already landed support for his productions from big name djs such as marco carolla and archie hamilton and behind the decks, he's also played at some of the biggest venues and festivals, including We Are Festival and Ministry of Sound. So let's get back to it. So obviously record record labels is one way of getting kind of recognition and stuff, but you, you've had support from people like Archie Hamilton, Pronk, and obviously Barco Carolla, which is like a Facebook ad on acid in it, really. So yeah. um, what would what would be your what would be how do you get them to how did you get the tracks to, to those DJs and kind of what what were you saying to to get them on, on board and that kind of thing? Um I guess I can't really remember it in terms of how I because obviously there was a time where I just had no emails, had nothing, and all the ones I did just were probably old ones and it's just persistence just like just keep trying keep sieving through like dms dms are not as good because a lot of the time uh you'll just go into their like requested dms and like the bigger djs with thousands of followers just get requests from people all the time just tagging them and stuff and things like that so it's not always a good good way to do it if you can get an email amazing um if they don't respond straight away just just keep at it if they don't listen if you can if you like put your track the best way to do is put your music on soundcloud as a private link um i'm sure this is common knowledge now but it, it, it is if you're sending music via dropbox or something like that you you've got you're halving i think nowadays your heart people just like it really simple they can go, go on to soundcloud play it straight away and they can download it if they want it and that's it with dropbox they've got to download it play it. it's all just a bit more messy i think um or google drive or whatever just as i say stick to soundcloud send your best tracks over um when it's to dj's send as much as you want but again expect them to probably just be skimming through until they hear something they're like oh this is good and then they they'll something catchy and then and then they'll probably have a proper listen to the track but it's normally i would say they're skimming through their 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 um their inbox if i'm honest um so yeah um i forgot where i was going with this to be honest but basically yeah put it on soundcloud um Try your best to find out their emails. As I say, if you don't have their emails, you might want to try um, inboxing them or something. But you're never gonna, um, you're never guaranteed to get a response, especially from the bigger guys. Um, and then maybe if you're finding that you're going for, you know, Jamie Jones or Marco Carolla, it's it's a uh, um, just. And again, it's kind of a silly thing to say, but maybe build up from the ground up. So maybe put, send music to some smaller DJs and see if you can get some support from them and, and go up from go up that way. Uh, I think that's maybe a slightly better way to sort of make your name more and more noticed. Um, with the likes of Archie Hamilton and things like that, um, I think mine, my support from him probably more came from... Um, sending music to labels and the people who run the label um knowing him or or having his email so they do the promo actually i think was the first time i saw archie hammond play my music it was the heavy house society released last year um and it was kind of out of the blue so it was it was it was kind of lucky really it was one really lucky he liked the music and downloaded it and secondly it was really lucky that i saw a video of it on his instagram story and and that was it um, and then from that, 
he then responded to my dm thanking him for playing my music and then the relationship was sort of built there and i was able to get his direct email and that's how i've just been absolutely bombarding him with music every week pretty much for the last 15 15 20 weeks um so yeah that's that's another way to do it again i was probably quite fortunate um but yeah, just just ask about. I think there's no harm in asking for an email, or if you can see that. I think I've done it before, where I can see someone's got a connection to that person that you want to send music to. So ask them and see if they're kind enough to, you know, slyly give you their email or whatever. Um, which is which is how I've done it with a couple of things, like the Marco Corolla email. He, I think he um, doesn't necessarily go. I think he might because he's so big. I think he has like a a PA like that sieves through the music. Then it gets sent to him. So you, you, with him, anything that I think Marco sent um, is downloaded anyway, and then it's just potluck again. Whether you kind of actually do get a play because again, I can imagine he gets probably him and Jamie Jones or the two kind of biggest guys, maybe the Martinez brothers too, like not far off and gets in so much music that it's just potluck it really is um half the time um and you might you might have received quite a lot of support that you just aren't lucky enough to actually ever see or or or, uh or hear from but um yeah so so how did you how did you find out about the the corolla thing and and what was what was going through your mind when you found out about that it must be that must have been a pretty big deal for you yeah as i say the last 18 months has been kind of crazy with my music as i say just sending it and kind of getting plays and being quite fortunate with with people um just getting recordings of it and blah 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 but with marco i I can't remember who i got the email from now i think it, it with the email that he uses there's like it probably expires every six months and there's a new version of that email because of the amount of music that gets sent um but yeah i sent it over to the email when i saw that it'd been i think i'd sent a few tracks all of them had been downloaded but none of them had been played by him so i was like oh, okay so i got no open not knowing whether it's been you know going to get played or nothing and then because I knew he had the tracks, whether he had even downloaded them for his actual onto his actual USB, I had no idea. But because he's not very active on socials at all, you just see just the odd photo from him every now and again. Um, I followed all like the Marco Corolla fan pages that are just like at all of his events and the posting after every gig that he does. Um, and just yeah, just stumbled across one on on a clip on on Instagram uh, on like I think it's Marco Corolla Sound the Instagram account um and yeah just there's they they post so much content of him that it was um yeah probably a better chance um of of seeing him compared to like on his actual instagram account basically because he just doesn't post anything um so yeah it was pretty unreal i was actually sat behind me um it was just about to go to the seat just scrolling for instagram and then just stumbled across that and i jumped out and i was like what is this obviously being the size of marco is yeah it's crazy so yeah, it's it's been been a mad eighteen months. Um, so yeah, but that was, I think, the main main way I've done it. Um, the others has been a slightly different. Mostly, mostly seeing them on, um, their actual sort of like, for example, um, Archie Hamilton or Prunk or whatever. Normally seeing them on like the the, the day after a, their gig and just seeing loads of stories that they're tagged in that they then put onto their own story that's a good way to obviously see as well so just being an absolute stalker has been the, the, the way i've found i've found um come across these videos so you've obviously played some some big gigs as well um 
kind of throughout your throughout your career what what would be your kind of tips for for producing kind of a clean a clean set um one would be practice obviously putting in the man hours making sure you you're comfortable behind a set of decks um i think a good thing is there's two things for me would be well it's finding the balance of actually with with partying itself so just obviously not getting too drunk that you're just a bit of a mess but then also if you're completely sober sometimes for me personally i'd be a li- i'm a little bit stiff when i'm when i'm uh, and i'm probably thinking too much about it so just just being at a decent level where you can just enjoy it you're not out of your face but you're not like trembling with 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 fear that you're that you're so sober uh that you're thinking about too much and 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 you know um overthinking it but um i don't know i i for me it's always without sounding like a bit of a knobhead i've um i've whenever i had a gig and things like that i've always been people say how do you get nervous and i do maybe just before i go on and then when i play a couple of tracks i'm fine but it's always just been excitement because I, I i love the scene i love djing and i love making music so it's always been just excitement most of the time build-ups and then when it's the it's the last the sort of 20 minutes before you're set and you're standing behind the decks and it's the longest 20 minutes of your life waiting to go on and then it's like okay yeah this is this is real now okay i need to um sort of like apprehensive of where the last DJ is going to leave you off, what you're going to definitely start with. But um, I think a good way to kind of settle your nerve is preparation and practice. Obviously just get, get same with making music, getting this, getting a, a studio or, or um, uh, just practice mixing as much as you can and have, have a rough idea of at least the first two, three tracks you're going to play um maybe even definitely the first track sometimes that might change because depending on what the last dj leaves you with or what time you're playing or whatever it may be um but yeah if you know you, you're going to be playing earlier on or later on whatever it may be just maybe get a couple of tracks that you're going to solidly start with and then let the then let the um sort of dj and 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 reading the crowd and all that sort of stuff take over after um but yeah just just um yeah staying level-headed but um preparation and practice basically is the main things how how do you find how do you find new music then what what are some of the things that that you do to to find new track um i guess um more recently it's been because i've sort of gained with with the kind of success of signing to some of the labels i've always loved and things like that and and then kind of talking to other people maybe roughly the same similar kind of level to me um who have also signed to these kind of labels building relationships with them guys um and just just being cheeky and asking them for their music that might be unreleased or stuff they want to share and things like that with me that's been amazing uh, amazing to do because i like that they're they're amazing producers themselves and um yeah just like it's, that's always great and that's why it's always good to as i mentioned before just to touch on a previous point when you're growing try and find a some kind of community or a couple of pe- people that you can kind of become friends with that you can grow and learn together and hopefully you'll grow at the sort of same pace together and then you can just share each other's music and that's a good way um but yeah i, I guess for me n- n- probably not me- not different to many other people i like to go on um Beatport is obviously a, an obvious one. Uh, just just skimming through, um, finding r- record labels that maybe aren't as well known, but just are um, good enough. Uh, making well, 
sort of releasing the, the music that I like and the good enough sort of sound and energy that I want in my sets. But um, Bandcamp's great for that um, because you get a lot more, uh, well, they're all uh, a lot more um, kind of like self-releases and things like that as well, which is normally quite good. Um, but actually I, I use a lot of um, like YouTube and, and things like that to find old records and uh, follow a couple of Instagram pages as well, like um, that just uh, like post old records and things like that a lot of the time they're annoyingly they're like just on vinyl and stuff and i don't have a massive vinyl collection so um that always annoys me but yeah it's it's probably just trying to dig um finding some energy and as i say because I, I do make a lot of music a lot of my sets are quite heavily packed with a lot of my music anyway so that's kind of half the job um done like, I, I guess probably most of my sets will have at least 40 percent of my own music in normally um so yeah it, it's there's it, no trick really it's just finding um some cool instagram pages that post about it finding some cool labels you really like and just going on a, in a bit of a rabbit hole just like um suggested labels based on the labels you like and going through like that and going through old back catalogs of, of other labels and finding artists that you've never heard of and or older artists that you you, you wouldn't know of or, or whatever it may be and you just cut stumble across happy accidents and find some old gems basically. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it really. So obviously you're resident for, for Solco. How, yeah. how, how did, how did that come about? How, what, what we want um, to be your kind of tips for, for getting a re residency and that kind of thing. Yeah. So Jack uh, Whitworth, he's been a good pal now for a good few years ever since um, sort of getting, getting involved with them. So he, He's doing a similar thing to me, smashing it. Um, he's been promoting a lot recently and, and getting in with some great um, parties in London and things like that and helping out there. And he works, he's been working at We Are Festival and stuff. So he's he's killing it, man. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was actually a friend, uh, one of my close friends I went to school with, um, used to, I can't even remember how they knew each other, um, but they knew of each other. And basically my good friend who introduced me to him um obviously knew we were doing similar things so then we just got talking and then yeah it was it was kind of I was really lucky really so he he had been throwing a couple of parties um for maybe a year or two before I think roughly about that sort of time um and he we got talking and then he, he kind of offered me a gig and it was kind of quite lucky um um so yeah that that's sort of how i've done it and obviously that's the best way to do it is just building relationships with people going to parties or, or whatever it is and, and just networking and i know it's it's probably what everyone says when when it when you're in that situation but it's, it is just the best way when you're first starting out and you haven't quite got that demand for yourself where people want to hear you sound you have to go out there and, and make people hear it almost by by you know networking building relationships and just trying to trying to get your name out there by yeah just trying to get some gigs that way pretty much um but yeah with jack um he gave me a gig the first gig the first gig i ever had was at ministry of sound which is as i say is kind of insane to think um just in the loft up um uh in the in the loft room in the small one up the top um which was kind of mad when he said that i was like are you having a laugh my first ever playing in front of people and i'm playing at ministry of sound one of the most iconic clubs in in england but um yeah it was kind of crazy and then ever since then we just had a, built a relationship up and um was um yeah just whenever he threw parties i kind of just yeah got a residency and then we, they sort of made it more of an official thing later on in the um on the journey so he's been throwing parties now for a good few years maybe five years or so um 
so it was pretty early on in my sort of career that I managed to luckily get get some gigs um and that's that's a good thing maybe as a bit more advice you could approach sort of maybe a bar or something just try and get some residencies or something you might even find you've you're seeing some money I, I, the amount of unpaid gigs I've done just to get the gigs and get the exposure is is criminal and and it's just the way it is basically until you're making that demand for yourself and so to, until you're um one you're people are wanting to actually hear you and hear your music then there's not really much we can do about it to be fair so yeah um it was kind of a good kind of luck again I was quite fortunate I suppose um just to know a friend of a friend sort of thing um but yeah it it, it was the relationship was built um quite easily I guess and you know just grew sort of grew together did you say Ministry of Sound was one of your first gigs yeah it was it was I th I'm trying to think. I think it was quite literally my first ever gig that I, I played wow. at. I know it, it sounds amazing, um, but it, it, it was it was in the in the loft, and it was amazing. Yeah, I, I can't. I'm not not disputing it. weren't um, It was just pure luck that it was the the party he was throwing, the next party he was throwing that he was going to get me involved with was was there, and it was it was mad. He, he's younger than me. He's, he's I think he's a year younger than me, but um, you wouldn't think it. I mean, he, he's got this. Um, amazing party in uh, where i live in bedfordshire and uh it's easily the biggest one in the county um he hasn't done too much in london um we've done a couple of parties at egg i've hosted the basement which has been great um but he's been doing sort of more local stuff um and and now he's kind of built the event to be so organic and just like probably doesn't have to do too much you know marketing it's just once it's announced it, it sells itself sort of thing especially with the artists he's booking on and people like richie ahmed scream rossi you know all the, all these kind of type of guys that just like you know they, they, they sell the tickets themselves really how how were you feeling before that ministry of sound gig then i bet you were bricking it were you yeah see so this is the point and this is what i think i was more like i was a bit i think but I, at the same time, I was just so excited. Like, I was so excited, I wanted to play again. It was more just like five minutes before I was going on. Obviously, I was I was opening up, so it wasn't many people. I wasn't playing in front of many people. It probably the busiest the room got for me was maybe 30, 40 people maximum. Um, so yeah, it was just like I'd been practicing um and mixing i'd probably i reckon i'd probably because i was so excited i'd probably organize the set every single tune i was going to play easily a week before and uh, and probably well before that as well um with just picking up new releases on the waist kind of thing and swapping them out and stuff i'd probably rehearsed I, i'd actually go as far as say i'd rehearsed every track i was going to play so I, I was i felt confident do you know what i mean i wasn't um worried about oh is this going to go but I think I was because I was so early on. And another thing that was probably a bit of a downfall was my um, ability back then to kind of ease the room in. I probably I can't remember what I played. I can't remember how the set went down. I remember really buzzing, being buzzing after it, and I think it was it was great. Um, but yeah, it probably wasn't a warm up set. That's the, that's the, to say the least. It was probably quite um, maybe a little bit more intense than than they would have liked. But I remember getting great feedback after it and. Um, He's, he seemed to enjoy it, and I, I, yeah, I, I think he did because he got me on the next one, and and the rest is history. So, yeah, been been playing for him for ages. So you've obviously played some impress impressive venues. You obviously touched on one of them there, and and some great events as well. What, what what would you say is kind of the 
what would you say has been the pinnacle so far? The thing you've been thinking, I'm I'm really proud of that. Yeah, I think the one that tops it for sure, which was only just last year in December, was the Piv party at Fabric. Um, Fabric for me has been as a raver has been like the my absolute playground since I've been 18. So I've just I've, the amount of raves I've been to there um, is yeah it's countless now. So um, it, it's got to be that. I was playing in room three, but I was and I was opening in that as well. Um, and I, and I, and uh, it was still just insane because within maybe I, I started at what time to be open that so the, the, every other room's open at 11. I opened the, the room three at 12 at midnight, um, played for a, an hour and a half, I think, um, before Dennis Quinn. And within honestly five or 10 minutes, the room was full up, um, and it was just really busy throughout the whole the whole thing. The, the, the vibe was unreal. The crowd were loving it and it was sort of gave me that ability to um play i was I really had like a really kind of more chilled but you know like a, a really um a warm-up so i really thought about my, my selection because um it was just like i really wanted to impress do you know what i mean um but i, I think that near the end of the set i was able to sort of let my hair down a bit more just because of the energy of the crowd and the reactions and and just the energy in the room and it was yeah it was mad it was uh proper proper mad i've had a couple more i mean a couple of the soul codes like in the summer have been amazing um uh they're sort of more festival kind of style um the I played in Hungary a couple of weeks back, which was amazing as well. But yeah, I think one that tips it is probably Fabric. No, it's pretty impressive that. Um, so what what label what what is the label that that kind of stands out for you as being the kind of the biggest one so far? Uh, what in terms of what I've released on? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a tricky one. I think I don't I don't think I could name the one. I think the obvious ones are probably Piv microhertz um and i think heavy house society's got to be in there um them them three have been labels that i've loved ever since i mean heavy house Society was it's kind of newer it was only it's probably only a good couple of years maybe two or three years old now so ever since sydney made as he because sydney charles is my one of my biggest sort of inspirations he Ever since he made that, it was my my absolute goal to get on there. So I was I was working working away. I got as I say, got a couple of rejections, and then eventually he was like happy with happy with the music I sent. Um, same with Archie. Archie's been a massive inspiration for me uh, for a while, um, and it obviously was Moscow. And then not long after, uh, not long before I sort of agreed to music with them, it, it turned to microhertz. So um yeah, I think that that one's there. Deep Effect, another one which I sort of really love, um, have loved for a while as well. But yeah, I think that the three that tip it are, you know, the, the Piv, um um microhertz and and heavy house society. Obviously we've covered we've covered a lot of stuff and you've given some great, great tips and advice for people. But is is there any anything that you think we've we've missed or anything you wanted to say about kind of tips for for DJs and producers kind of just starting out? Um just trying to think really. I think um just kind of being yourself, trying to be unique um just kind of be fresh trying not to follow trends and i know that's hard i mean a lot of the music i've made there's been inspiration from my biggest idols and things like that but i think naturally you end up making your own twist on it um but yeah i, I guess the the biggest advice is 
with especially with music um creation is is just consistency making it as much as you possibly can forcing it to become a habit of yours that you do every day that it sort of becomes alien to not do um is the best advice because that that's how it kind of is for me and uh I, I make music every day i always want to make i'm always trying to find little pockets of time because i love it so much um and yeah that, that that's really helpful it's really easy for me to and i'm not uh, maybe um it, it's it doesn't necessarily mean um good things will come from it but i think you put yourself in a, a lot better position if you're making a lot of music um and yeah i think that's kind of it that's the main thing i think you once you start to make great music you build a demand for yourself um and I, i'm not keen every weekend i still i'm still nowhere i'm just getting started until really early days um but yeah patience and consistency is probably the main the main thing um just showing a bit of grit and just yeah at man hours in the studio and just getting down to parties as well and just networking and just building building friendships and relationships with people in the in the sort of industry and the scene will will put you um put you in good stead Thanks for listening to that DJ podcast with me, Jake Colley. If you enjoyed it, it'd be really great if you could subscribe. It really helps others to find the pod. And if you could check out my latest mix, search Jake Colley DJ on YouTube or SoundCloud. That would also be great. See you next time.